With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Yes, folks, we're back. It's Tuesday night, and you know where your children and parents are. However, it's Wrestling Revisited time. Yes, folks, episode 24 is ready to begin, and we got a great show for you lined up tonight. 1-724-444-7044, caller ID number 139926, and the number one you can talk to me and my co-host tonight, the king of beer, if you will, the bad guy himself, Captain Unicorn. He's all those things. He is the main WCW co-commissioner, if you will, in the WCW radio network but he's also a part of our show and the commissioner of our show here on wrestling revisited as well as the wrestling debate which you can listen to every wednesday night from eight to nine o'clock but tonight however you can listen to him here until just a little after eight along with the Iceman, yours truly jared d your host me let's introduce him right now ladies and gentlemen none other than the bad guy himself gerard t smith gerard how are you tonight my man hey yo i'm hey. doing good Excellent, excellent. As am I, I'm doing great as well. Uh, of course, we've got another time and place for you to take you back in time tonight, and Gerard has picked the moment in time and place, so let's see what moment he has decided to dig out of the time machine tonight. What have you decided to go with? I'm going to go with the first, I don't remember the year, but you probably do, uh, the first Extreme Rules. Ooh, Extreme Rules. Okay, let's uh, see. I think that was, uh, I'm going to check that out here. That was in 2009, believe it or not, down in the Big Easy of New Orleans, Louisiana, held at the legendary uh, city that was known for Creole food, of course, po'boys, gumbo, uh, jambalaya, and everything. And this was held in June of 2009, however. Certainly a lot went down that night, Gerard, in New Orleans. Of course, we will talk about it here on the show, however, in more ways than one. So let's get to it right away. The first show, of course, excuse me, the first match on the show, of course, was a warm-up match, however, a dark match, if you will. It pitted Mickey James and Kelly Kelly taking on the team of Beth Phoenix and Rosa Mendez in a very unique Divas tag team matchup, of course. This uh, show, of course, as we said, was held at the Legend New Orleans Arena down there in the Big Easy. As a result, however, uh, the former team won the match after Rosa, of course, uh, was pinned by Mickey James. Your thoughts about the opening matchup? Uh, not a big fan of Rose Menendez or whatever the hell her name is. <clears throat> yes. Never been a fan. I uh, was a fan of Beth and uh, Mickey James. Oh, and uh, the other one was Kelly Kelly, right? Yes, Kelly Kelly, the uh, uh, lovely, beautiful blonde who had her own show, of course, uh, with her good friend Kansas Michelle and her other friend, if you will, forming a group called Extreme Expose. Um, I like uh, Kelly Kelly. I thought it was kind of more like a volley. Uh, I didn't think she was that good a wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. Or, um, Mickey James. Well, Mickey James and Beth were the were the two. Uh, like women wrestlers in this match. Uh, yes. I thought it was pretty good. I always like watching Mickey James wrestle. I thought she was very talented. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely, definitely. I would agree there. And, of course, we know about Beth Phoenix now. She is married to the rated R superstar, if you will, Adam Edge Copeland. And uh, I believe they have two kids together, and I believe she's expecting a third one pretty soon, however. Uh, Kelly Kelly, of course, we know she was in the WWE for quite some time. She was involved with Andrew Testbarn, of course, later on down the road, who, of course, tragically passed away. Uh, shortly after this event, however, much later on down the road, Beth, or excuse me, Mickey James, of course, has gone on to bigger and better things, being a superstar in TNA and is now married and a mother herself. And Rosa, of course, we know about her history, of course, over the years on Total Divas, of course, and a backstage interview. And she recently became a mother herself for the first time earlier this year by having a little baby girl, baby Jordan, if you will. And uh, certainly it seems like all four of these have become quite successful since that memorable night, however, in the Big Easy. Speaking of which, that leads us to our next match, of course, the first match of the night. Kofi Kingston, the champion, of course, taking on MVP William Regal and Matt Hardy in a fatal four-way for the U.S. Championship. As a result, however, Kofi won with the trouble in paradise here in less than six and a half, seven minutes long to retain the belt here as uh, this was your kickoff match to start out the show. Your thoughts about the opener? Don't you dare be sour. I'm always a Kofi fan, especially when he's heel. Yes. Uh, and right now in the New Day thing, uh, I think he's really, I think it's a good step for him. Uh, back then, man, uh, I still liked him too, but uh, he's a great uh, athlete. Uh, he deserves the win here. Yes, certainly. And it was a very good match. And, of course, these gentlemen went on to bigger and better things as well. Matt Hardy, of course, now with TNA, of course, uh, with his brother Jeff. Of course, they've been teaming up over the years. William Regal, at one time the co-assistant commissioner of the WWE, now the co-commissioner of NXT. And Montavio, Montavious Porter, of course, we know about his history. Him and Matt Hardy got into some feuds with each other, of course. He then went on to uh, TNA for a brief time. However, unfortunately, he didn't pan out there. He then went on to Lucha Underground, where he really kind of buried his career, pretty much uh, his chance of staying in the sport of wrestling, however. As a result, there's been some talk he might be on his way back to WWE at some point, but I would seriously doubt that. Um, however, you never know. Never say never in this business. And as far as Kofi goes, even though he wasn't a heel on this night, however, he was uh, still a fan favorite. However, it wouldn't be much till later on down the road how we would see Kofi and his new attitude play a part in uh, his career. But nevertheless, he fought a pretty good opener here against three very unique individuals. Speaking of unique, that takes us to our next match. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here on Extreme Rules 2009, it was a great match indeed involving two guys who know each other quite well in WCW. And now, of course, they were competing here in WWE for the IC title. It was a no-holds-barred match between the master of the 619, Mr. Rey Mysterio Jr., against your own Canadian favorite there, GTS. And that was Chris Jericho. And as a result, Chris Jericho defeated Rey Mysterio here in a no-holds-barred match to win the WWE IC title inside of 14 and a half minutes. Uh, my thoughts were this was a great, great match, and the ending was kind of unique, too. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, I thought it was a great match. Uh, when I could see Chris Jericho wrestle, um, it's always a, a great time. Uh, he's a great uh, wrestler, and he, he always puts a good show on, and so does Rey Mysterio as well. Mm-hmm, certainly, certainly, and like I said, however, this was a very, very good match, however, needless to say, and these guys really uh, got the crowd excited, it was one of the few great matches on this card, of course, 
Uh, we know about Rey Mysterio's history, of course, over the years, of course, competing in ECW and WCW. Jericho the same way, of course. Uh, Jericho, a nine-time IC champion, has had great matches over the years. Not with just Rey Mysterio. He's gone against some of the best in the business, including Dean Malenko, the Iceman, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Ric Flair, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. Ray, of course, has had his battles with some of these guys, too, of course. And, of course, Ray has been in the business a long time as well. And these two, uh, anytime they always found a way to get in the ring with each other, whether it was in WCW, WWE, or ECW, they would always be, I would say, I'm not going to say bad for each other. I thought they were right below the Regal, or excuse me, not the Regal, the Malenko-Eddie-type feud, however, or the Ray-Eddie-type feud, however, because anytime you had cruiserweight action with these guys, however, they would always find a way to just absolutely steal the show by going out there, going 10, 15, 20 minutes long with each other or against other people, and they would always find a way to shine brightly on the biggest stage of them all. And speaking of bright stage, however, that takes us to our next match to the man, however, who at one time was known as the best in the world, Mr. Chicago himself, CM Punk, of course, taking on the late great Umaga in a Simone Strap match. Of course, this went nine minutes long. As a result, however, CM Punk won here with the GTS, however, and that is not our uh, friend Gerard T. Smith, although that is his nickname. The other GTS I'm referring to is CM Punk's unique finishing move at the time, the go-to-sleep finisher, if you will. As a result, he beat the Simone Bulldozer here inside of nine minutes. Your thoughts about this one? Uh, great match. These two guys uh, put on a great show. I was always a fan of, well, I was always a fan of both, actually, but... Uh, I like Umaga a little better. He was heel and he was a monster. Um, yes. Uh, it yes. kind of sucked he lost, but, uh, you know, uh, CM Punk needed the win there. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm always like, kind of linked to him because of the GTS thing, I guess. But Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, he, he, no question about it. These guys were, again, great wrestlers in their own way. I mean, CM Punk, we know about his history, of course, over the years, of course, uh, whether he was in Ring of Honor or TNA for a brief time. Of course, Umaga, of course, we know about his uh, Samoan heritage, if you will, coming from his uh, one nephew, of course, the world's champion now, Roman Reigns, and, of course, his cousins, uh, the Usos, along with his nep- uncles, uh, Yokozuna, Rikishi, uh, Offensika, of course, tragically, we lost him. A couple of years after this, in 2011, due to a heart attack, however, at a very young age of 37, believe it or not, uh, CM Punk, we know he would be in the company until 2014 before he decided to walk out of the company and just have, say, enough was enough. It was time for me to uh, go on with my life, however. But at the time, however, Punk was not quite into the... Uh, well, let's just say the heelish side of him, however, by uh, proclaiming himself the best of the world, yet, but he was slowly getting there for sure. And uh, speaking of which, as we said, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, show was held again, in case you're wondering, at the New Orleans Arena in front of 9,100 fans. It garnered 213,000 buy rates, up from 194 from the year before when ECW brought you one-night stands, one of the last few times ECW did their one-night stand show. And speaking of ECW, ladies and gentlemen, that takes us to our triple threat hardcore match for the ECW. ECW World Title, of course, in our next match. Jack Swagger, the All-American American, taking on the world champion, the Captain Charisma himself, Christian, along with the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer, of course, was hoping to get back uh, a chance to hold the ECW title at least one more time in his career. As a result, he did so here, however, and became the new ECW champion on this night here in the Big Easy. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about this one? I thought it was a pretty good matchup. 
Mm-hmm. It's good for Tommy to win again. Uh, throughout his career, he, I don't think he's won as many matches as he's lost. Mm-hmm. But I heard a story. He didn't yeah. want to win against Raven. Mm-hmm. He wanted to keep losing. But yes. He would look look like uh, like the underdog. Mm-hmm. So I think he's lost a lot of matches, but this match was good for him to win. Yes. I would agree. I would definitely agree. And of course, you bring up a very good point. I, I heard the same thing, too. I mean, at the time when Tommy and Raven fought each other back in the day in ECW in the mid-'90s, of course, uh, they always had a final way that Raven would always find a way to get help, either through his nest or flock, if you will, of uh, Stevie Richards, dancing Stevie Richards at the time, Chastity, uh, Luna Fashan, however, of course, uh, Nicole Bass. Of course, Tommy, of course, would have a little bit of help, however, some people, most notably his beautiful, lovely girlfriend, later on his wife, Beulah McGillicuddy, of course, who at the time was a part of Raven's stable at one point before uh, she decided to turn her back on uh, Raven and his flock to go with Tommy. Of course, uh, two years prior to this, of course, or should I say 12 years prior to this, back in 97, when Raven was on his way to ECW, of course, uh, he did not tell Paul Heyman. I found out later on in reading the story about the same thing that you read, however, that he did not uh, want to basically... Uh, he wanted to beat Tommy on his way out. Paul Heyman and Tommy said, no, that's not going to be the way, that way. And they kind of, uh, I wouldn't say put the screws into Raven, but uh, they kind of uh, told Raven what they thought of him, however, in no uncertain terms. And they kind of just uh, sandbagged him in a way, no pun intended. And as a result, we saw Tommy come up with a big victory finally against the master of the Evenflow DDT known as Raven. Of course, this was 12 years later now, 2009. Of course, Tommy Dreamer was hoping to get at least one last final crack at the ECW belt. Of course, he did so here by defeating the champion, Captain Charisma, on this night. And, of course, we've seen Tommy over the last several years since, of course, uh, the last we heard. Of course, he is taking some time off again. I believe he's back uh, on the retire list, so to speak, unless he's doing shows here and there on independent scenes. But the last time we saw him was just about a year ago, of course, when he teamed up with his uh, one-time rivals, now somewhat good friends, Steve on and Bubba Ray, if you will, on the TLC pay-per-view a year he has ago. His own promotion, though. Yes, that's right. He does have his own promotion. House, uh, House of Hardcore, I think. Yes, I think. It, I think. Right? I, yes, I believe he does. Yes, I think that's what it's called. You're right. Yes, I think. That's exactly what it's called. You're right. Yeah, I think it's up in New York City, I believe, or in Queens somewhere up there in New York. Yes, it's called the House of Hardcore. And as you know, he has trained a lot of wrestlers over the years and has become uh, quite the sensei instructor of uh, the House of Hardcore, if you will. And uh, as far as Christian goes, we know about a year and a half ago, uh, he, uh, of course, decided to hang up his boots, I believe, unless he uh, did not tell WWE he was ready to finish it out power. But it looks like... More and more, he is pretty much done with his career, of course, after having a great career, teaming up with his good friend Adam Edge Copeland over the years as a tag team champion and also as a singles individual. And as far as swagger goes, I mean, yeah, he's still around, surprisingly, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, not as much anymore. I mean, he doesn't do appearances that much. I mean, if he does, he's usually on the pre-show warm-up matches or pre-show TV tapings before Raw or SmackDown. He was on that uh, Battle Royal last night, but he never showed up. Yeah, I heard about that too. I don't know if it was maybe had to do something with the weather, or just maybe they decided to pull him out at the last minute and just uh, not give him a chance to uh, compete. I, I heard something about that earlier today. Yeah, uh, 
someone told me he was not there in the battle world because they showed the preview for the battle world before it happened, and he was supposed to be in there, but then at the last minute, they kind of uh, yanked him out of there. That was uh, somewhat surprising. Yeah, I heard that too. But uh, as a result, like I said, these three uh, put on a pretty good match, and this was definitely extreme, no pun intended. Speaking of extreme, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, talk about one of the funnier segments of the night, however, which leads us into our next match, of course. Santino Morella defeating Vicky Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero. Santino, of course, better known as his somewhat uh, alter ego Santina, if you will, however, after what had happened just a few months before by winning the so-called WrestleMania title. Excuse me, um title, if you will, and as a result, he won a crown and a TR in the process. Of course, the match ended after Santino knocked out Chavo and then pinned Vicky to win the title of Miss WrestleMania. As a result, Vicky's so-called storyline husband in the uh, matter, Edge, was waiting for them. Edge and Vicky had a fight afterwards, and as a result, uh, Edge said because of what had just happened, he was divorcing Vicky and was embarrassed for what she had done basically, just a few minutes before out there against Santino. Uh, this was kind of a funny match, I thought, in some parts, but it could have been a lot better, I thought. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about this one? Well, I thought the same. I thought it was pretty funny uh, for a gimmick match. Uh, this a uh, Morello there. He, he was pretty good at the funny stuff. Uh, and he's actually from Canada, I found out. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, I believe over near your neck of the woods, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah Mississauga, around Toronto. Because um, yep. I looked it up, like, they say he's from Italy, and I always look up all these guys because sure. what WWE tells you is usually not where they're really from. from. Yes. So I and looked it up, and I'm like, is this guy from Italy? And hmm. I found out he's, like, from Mississauga. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> mm-hmm, certainly. And, of course, uh, we know that, speaking of Italy, it was in Italy that he made his WWE debut, winning the championship, uh, championship that first night in, in Milan, Italy, of course. Uh, as far as the Umaga, players, yeah, right? it was against Dumas. It was in Rome. Or, no, it was Milan. Then it was in Rome. The next night, they were in Rome. And they called it later on the Milan Miracle, if you will. That was when Umaga had the, I believe it was the IC strap at the time. And that's when Santino... Uh, surprised everyone by coming out of the crowd and uh, everyone thought he was just this normal person like you and me and it turned out to be uh, Santino however and we uh, later found out however uh, I believe it was later that year however as the OMG moment of the year believe it or not and as far as Chavo and Vicky we know about the history of them of course Chavo the nephew of the late great Eddie Guerrero a great wrestler in his own right one of the most unique charismatic people both inside and outside of the ring a guy who also at one time held the record of uh, having the fastest pinfall ever in WrestleMania history, thus the nine-second song, losing it to uh, the Big Red Monster Kane. And, of course, Vicky, we know about her history over the years by managing certain people and also becoming the GM of SmackDown. Last I heard about her, I think it was about two years ago or less than six months ago, I heard she is now uh, active. I believe she's still active somehow in wrestling unless she decided to finally give it up. But the latest I heard, she was uh, going back to school, believe it or not, to, I believe, become either a real estate agent, I heard, or been involved in nursing, believe it or not. So good for her. And uh, like we said, over the years, uh, Vicky Guerrero, of course, has been the most despised and sometimes the well-disliked person, uh, depending on who you talk to. But uh, she certainly has had her moments over the years, of course, and this was one of them here at Extreme Rules. 
Speaking of which, let's go to our next match. Again, another great match here, needless to say, in more ways than one. It was Randy Orton this time defending his WWE Championship against Batista, if you will. And as a result, however, uh, the Viper here came through, however, or excuse me, Batista defeated the Viper here in more ways than one. Inside of seven minutes, inside of a steel cage, however, with the Batista bomb. These two, of course, have had history with each other, both as opponents and as teammates in evolution. Unfortunately, this night, how our friendship uh, was thrown out the window here as uh, the Viper, uh, needless to say, well, got Batista bomb, no pun intended, and dropped to the canvas uh, that night in the form of the animal. Uh, your thoughts about this one, Gerard? Well, I thought it was a pretty battle, uh, a pretty good battle. Um, I like that Batista went over Randy because Randy's younger and he's still going to have a great career when he comes back. Mm-hmm, certainly. And uh, we understand that Randy could be coming back very, very soon from that injury. He's been out for quite a while. Of course, Batista, as you know, has been out for quite a while himself. He is off filming right now another movie, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He came out with it last year uh, with the first one. It was also in the movie uh, Skyfall, believe it or not. However, excuse me, Spectre, not Skyfall, Spectre. And I heard he was very good in that. And I believe he's also going to do some more movies coming up uh, before the year's out this year. Um, Like I said, as far as Randy goes, however, he has been... A very unique individual over the years. He came in in 2002, of course. In 2004, he had that great match with Mick Foley at Backlash, one of the most intense, hard-fought, bloodiest, I think, ever battles I've seen in history. I mean, those two, him and Mick Foley, literally tore each other apart at the Rexall place in Edmonton that night back in April of 2004. Um, also over the years, Randy's had some personal issues outside of the ring involving his... Uh, uh, family and whatnot, but uh, ever since uh, last year, it seems like he has found a way to uh, rectify that, if you will, and make it uh, fixable, let's just say. And speaking of fixable, ladies and gentlemen, a quick side note to remind you that tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, caller ID number 139925, Gerard, myself, and the Black Widow herself, Michelle Lynn Dots, Miss Madness herself, your big three for the debate. We will continue our debate topic about the Monday Night War show, however. Of course, we started it two weeks ago. Last week, unfortunately, we had a somewhat uh, semi-issue that we could not uh, obtain at the time, and unfortunately, we could not get on in time. But coming out tomorrow night, we will uh, continue on our debate with the Monday Night War debate, and you can listen to that beginning at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time with Gerard, myself, and Miss Madness herself, the Black Widow, Michelle Lindot. And of course, speaking of Michelle and Gerard, you can also listen to them Excuse me, on Saturday nights at 9 o'clock on Attitude Radio, 138982's call number is that. And you can listen to them talk about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, pay-per-view predictions, and also give a plug for our Raw radio show, which is 138744. You can listen to that every Monday afternoon from 3 to 5. Of course, yesterday we had a great show for you, episode number 41. Last week, or two weeks ago, I should say, we celebrated episode number 40. That was a very historic show that day. And speaking of history, ladies and gentlemen, that reminds me of a couple other things. Of course, tonight you can listen to John Gross, myself, Gerard, Chad Hinshaw, Mr. WCW himself, along with Big Bad Bob, Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Ziegler, the Black Widow, Michelle Lindotts, and whoever else swings by, maybe the Lowdown Man himself, Kendrick Smith, of course. 
the JML Experience, the Big IQ, Jeff Teeters, the Rush, Ronda Rush Wright, and the last kicker, Amory Reckenbach, here on Wrestling Revolution. That'll be getting underway at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time until after 11 o'clock, 138055-pound. And, of course, uh, don't forget, however, we will be talking about Raw and Payback tonight. And, of course, Gerard and I will be having your news for you. We've got some big news coming up on the Newswire that's been popping up over the last 24 hours. We will be giving you our thoughts about that. But uh, the reason why I said, however, we got some uh, other big news, however, is that coming up, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday night, yes, folks, this Friday night, right after Cinco de Mayo, 5, 6, 16, at 9 p.m., join your... I'll be right back, J.D., in one sec. Okay, no problem. And Gerard will be back while he's stepping out for a minute. I will tell you, folks, however, that coming up this Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, however, 138055 pound hour on Revolution. Of course, Wolfpack, you can listen to us uh, every Thursday night, 138521 pound. But this Friday night, 138055 pound hour, listen to the best uh, Friday night show that might be the best Friday night show of the year, however. The reason why? Because this Friday night, our revolution, yes, folks, the WCW Revolution Radio Network will be celebrating its one-year anniversary, however, and we are going to be talking a lot with you, however, on the show about the great, the not-so-great, and the most uh, craziest moments of the past year. And, of course, we're going to be hopefully having some guests stop by. We'll have beer, we'll have pop, we'll have champagne, who knows what else we'll have to celebrate, but uh, it should be a big time party, it'll be like New Year's Day, however, New Year's Eve, I should say, in more ways than one, coming up this Friday, so don't forget to listen to that this Friday night, and as I plugged, and I continue to plug every week on Raw Radio, I want to thank the three people for letting me and my uh, two colleagues on Raw Radio come on the show every week, of course, uh, the human suplex machine, John Gross, and of course, the big diesel, Gregory Kramer, from Pro Wrestling Reviews, and of course, you can check out uh, also Greg's Facebook page. Of course, he has a lot of Facebook pages up there. I include uh, a link to his band, the Kramer Brothers Band, which we want to give a special shout-out to them tonight. Of course, I understand they have a show, I believe, tonight. So, Greg, good luck to you on your show there, there in Philadelphia, where you are at tonight. But as I was saying, uh, however, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank, of course, Gerard T. Smith, Michelle Lindot, and Chad Hinshaw as well for giving me, John and Greg, a chance to do Raw Radio each and every weekend for us to come every day on the show and talk wrestling with you, the fans, however, and also give us our opinions with their opinions to join their show, however. It's been a great year so far that John and I have had a great time along with Greg being a part of their uh, radio network, and they've had a good time being on our shows as well. That include, uh, of course, Raw Radio, sometimes Wrestling Revisited, as well as the Wrestling Debate. And for that, I am extremely grateful to all three of them. I think it is very commendable that they have given me the opportunity and my friends the opportunity to join them. And I hope they appreciate that we enjoy being on with them and they are being on with us as well. Okay, and I believe, let's see if Gerard has returned. Gerard, have you returned, sir? Okay. Gerard is still out, so he will be back in a few minutes. Uh, a couple of the news items we'll be following on tonight, of course, include a uh, uh, breaking news story on a, first, a current WWE superstar who could be, might be on his way out of the company very, very soon. Another one possibly in hot water yet again. We will also tell you about how the Raw ratings were for last night. I had a chance to check those out before we went on the air here tonight, and I can tell you once again they were not very good, let's just say. It was very... Uh, well, disastrous, let's just say, and it wasn't uh, a lot better from last week to this week, let's just say. Who's in hot water again? 
Uh, the superstar we're talking about, the guy who is uh, kind of in hot water right now, is Ryback, if you will. Apparently, yeah, because he's bitching about his contract. Right, and uh, he is thinking that WWE is going to release him, and he had something to say about today. And uh, apparently, after what he said, he'll be he'll be released. He'll be he should be fired by tomorrow. Yes, I would. I would. What I, he said, what he said, he should never said. Which, uh, if uh, you did not hear, ladies and gentlemen, Gerard will fill you in right now. Gerard, what was it that he said? I didn't quite catch all well, of it. Well, he said text. that uh, wrestling's predetermined, um, like we all knew this. Uh, yeah. Like, and he's bitching, complaining that he he can't get over all the time. He's almost like saying he, he wants, but he's not that big a star to do that. He's trying to pull yeah. power that he doesn't have. Um yeah, he's almost talking like he's like a Hulk Hogan, like he's like, well, and the creative doesn't do what he says and shit. Mm-hmm. But you got to go with the storyline, like, um, but uh, yeah. And I read what he said, and he was like saying like wrestling's fake and like predetermined. When you go mm-hmm. into the match, you know who the winner is. Well, we all knew that though, but yeah, um, he should have never said that because I no. I. I bet pretty sure he's going to be fired this week sometime. Oh, yeah. I, I would imagine so. I mean, here's a guy who for the last few years just continues to just bury himself. I mean, for a while it looked like he was staying out of trouble. He wasn't getting any more mischief than he was before. And now all of a sudden he comes back and says this, like you just said now, earlier today. And if I'm WWE right now, I would definitely hand him his pink slip tonight. I would just tell him, don't even bar show up at the tapings in Kansas City where they're going to be taping tonight's show. You're out of a job. Pack your stuff up. You're out of here. Because after what happened... Where is he going to go with like that bad attitude? He's not like TNA or ROH or... Exactly. He's I, just... I heard he's like... Well, we heard through CM Punk, he's a he's a hard, like a stiff worker too, right? Like... Oh, yes. Over the years, he's been known to be very stiff. Yeah, because uh, not only CM Punk had some problems with him at sometimes sometimes in the ring, a lot of other people over the years have complained that he can be oh, very, very stiff. That's Rollins too, right? Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think like he I, like hurts. Like he goes out to hurt you. That's not supposed to be the, no, the plan. Exactly, and I think right now, if I'm Vince, Stephanie, and Shane, I call an emergency meeting this week, in the next few days and just hand him his pink slip, or at least call him up and him. even like I would cut him right away. I'd yeah, cut I cut him like tonight. I would too. I would too. And speaking of Hulk Hogan, before we continue on here uh, with the show, one of the other stories we're going to talk about is we kind of touched upon it yesterday on Raw Radio as I broke in with the story before we got into uh, one of the major stories of Raw, and we'll talk more about that as our boss, Mr. W. Excuse me, WCW Chad Hinshaw had a complete pipe bomb cut loose yesterday. It's saying exploded all over the place, and we all had our opinions about it, and we all weighed in on our opinions about it. We'll talk about it again tonight on Revolution. Is the new developments involving Hulk Hogan and Gawker. Apparently, Hulk Hogan is suing Gawker again uh, because of the racist comments he made. However, of course, he won a big lawsuit the first time. The question is, how much is he suing for them this time, and how much do you think he's going to gain? Um, I think it's ridiculous he's going to try this again. I mean, we talked about it yesterday, towards the end of the show yesterday on Raw Radio. I mean, does he really need to just continue to bury himself? I mean, he did enough at burial of himself over the past few years with the racial comments and the sex tape and whatnot. But do they really? Does he really need to go after these guys again? I mean, I employ ask you that question. Do you think he has any right to do that, in uh, your opinion? And uh, what's your take on it? Gerard? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's. I don't know. Like he got a hundred and fifty million or whatever he got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Just keep that and go on. But I can see what he he's doing because like National Choir is trying to bury him now. Mm-hmm. And he's. I guess he's going to try to sue them or whatever. But hey, mm-hmm. man, if I got a hundred and fifty million, I'd be like not suing anybody else. Like right. I just leave it alone. Like, geez, how much money do you need? Like, but. I can see what he's saying is is privacy and mm-hmm. sure. you don't want people dissing you. You don't want people like downing you. But uh, yeah, but he's just gonna keep getting put into the uh, media in a bad way because yeah, like all this stuff that like they're talking about like races, racial slurs, right? His sex tape, all mm-hmm. that stuff is yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. And he uh, and it all started a few years. It started just a few years ago when he was doing the uh, tough enough thing, and then it just it just continued to snowball from there. And of course, we saw that happen earlier this last year, or late this last year, early this year, with the whole sex tape thing. Of course, he said that when he was on all the talk shows. However, he didn't know he was being filmed by his best friend. He of course had some trouble with his marriage, as you know, with his wife Linda and whatnot. It just. I don't know. It's just, it's become a big, big headache and a, just a complete and a night, utter nightmare for him. And hopefully uh, the nightmare will end soon, but it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. It really doesn't. And it's a shame because I think it should. It really should. Uh, speaking of big men, of course, that leads us to our next match here as we are back here uh, talking about Extreme Rules 2009, ladies and gentlemen, and that match is this one as we are continuing to look at the card, back at the card here. It was a submission match, John Cena taking on Big Show. We know these two had history, of course, at uh, WrestleMania 20 as a result, however... Uh, this went over 20 minutes long, and in the end, the big show, of course, tapped out to Superman John Cena, and as a result, John Cena won the match up here. Uh, your thoughts about this one, Gerard? Oh, what was that? The matchup involving John Cena and uh, um, Big Show. That was at Extreme Rules. As we were, oh, you know, yeah, when he got thrown in the big light? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good matchup. Yes. I thought it was good, and of course, as you know, John Cena will be returning back to action, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, believe it or not, oddly enough, uh, in just a matter of a few weeks. Of course, he's been out since uh, earlier this year, of course, because or since late last year, I should say, due to an injury. Of course, his girlfriend, Nikki Bell, the beautiful Nikki Bell, I should say, uh, is still recovering from neck injuries, of course, and as you know, they will be doing a new show this fall involving John Cena, his uh, girlfriend, Daniel Bryan, and, of course, Nikki's uh, lovely sister, and uh, somewhat uh, John Cena's good friend, if you will, Daniel Bryan, and it's called Total Bells. Of course, they will also have the Bells' mom, Kathy, and, of course, the Bells' new uh, father, if you will, our father figure in the world, the former WWE executive talent of relations and former WCW wrestler, Mr. John Laronitis, or as I like to call him, John Laryngitis, if you will, Mr. Funkman also. He's known as, believe it CM Punk at one time called him the Funkman, if you will. 
And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let us tell you now as we continue on here what tell you right now what our main event was here on this uh, memorable night. However, here in the Big Easy, ladies and gentlemen, it was Edge and Jeff Hardy going at it for the world's title in the main event. As a result, Jeff Hardy defeated Edge, the champion, however, inside of 20 minutes, however, and as a result became the new world's heavyweight champion. Um, we talked about Edge before, however, of course, he was a former tag team champion multiple times. He was also a multiple-time world champion. He, of course, had to retire due to a severe injury. Jeff Hardy, we know about his history as a great champion, both tag team and and world champion overall, as he won the belt a few times. But also, he has had some personal issues outside of the ring as well over the years, along with his brother, Matt, however. But uh, he has become quite a very uh, somewhat... Uh, hard-fought individual over the years. As a result, these two put on a great match, I thought, to close out the show, or so we thought this was going to be the end to close the show. And as a result, however, that turned out to be not so much the case, and we'll talk about the why in just a few seconds. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about the somewhat next-to-last match here at Extreme Rules 2009? What was the match again? Jeff Hardy and Edge in the ladder match. Uh, I thought that was a, a really good uh match. Um, both guys put their heart into it and had a great battle. Mm-hmm, certainly. And of course, these two know each other how to use a ladder. We've known over the years these guys know how to use a ladder against each other, uh, whether they were their tag team partners or whether they were against each other. And they definitely, uh, I think, uh, really put on one of the better matches, if not one of the best matches of the entire card, hands down, as this was, I think, the best match of the night, right behind uh, the matchup before involving John Cena and Big Show, and, of course, the matchup earlier in the evening that was involving Jericho and Rey Mysterio. So I thought those three matches were the best three matches on the card. But following this match, however, we saw a surprise, however, CM Punk came down to the ring with his Money in the Bank briefcase that he had won at WrestleMania 25 just a few months before. And as a result, however, he invoked his title matchup against Jeff Hardy, which was ordered to start right away. As a result, Punk then delivered not one, but two. Yes, folks, two GTS finishers, however, inside of less than a minute. And as a result, for the second time in his career, however, he uh, somehow pulled a rated R superstar edge out of his hat, however, needless to say, in more ways than one. And as a result, he became the world champion for the second time in his career by defeating Jeff Hardy, moments after Jeff Hardy had won the match in a grueling 20-minute match, and as that, with that being said, however, the show closed out with CM Punk becoming, uh, not Jeff Hardy, the new World's Heavyweight Champion. Gerard, your thoughts about this one? I thought it was really cool. Um, I liked uh, CM Punk as a heel. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, how he cashed that in. Yes, certainly. Certainly, I would agree there. Um, overall, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would have to give this show an 8 out of 10. Um, like I said, it was pretty good, I thought. Uh, the only match that I kind of did not like on this show, and that I thought it could have been just a little bit better, was the whole Santina Morella thing. However, even though it was a comedy match, I thought it was a little hokey for my taste. Nevertheless, uh, that's what I gave the show overall, an 8 out of 10, if you ask me. And, uh, before we get to Art's, uh, answer on his, uh, Thoughts about this match? Uh, let us remind you that next week, ladies and gentlemen, yes, folks, next week on Wrestling Movies, we'll be celebrating our silver anniversary. Number 25, ladies and gentlemen, will be in the books next week. So we will have our 25th show coming up a week from tonight. So don't forget to listen to that. Uh, caller ID number 139926, as well as call us here at one seven two four 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 four. 
7444. Uh, Gerard, your ratings on a scale of 1 to 10, and your thoughts about the best and worst match of Extreme Rules 09, please. I'd have to agree with you and say an 8, and I'd have to agree with you on that match. It was kind of hokey for me, too. Mm-hmm. And would you say the best match of the night, and like I said moments ago, was definitely the main event because I thought the best match was without question the main event. Yes, I think that as well. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, we got about 20 minutes to go, and of course we are going to talk a little bit now about Monday Night Raw that happened last night in St. Louis. Of course, also last night it was a very interesting night in the world of sports in general, of course, and of course we'll talk about that first before we get into last night's Raw topic, of course. Uh, the first big of which, of course, last night was the NHL playoffs, game number three of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, if you will, second round in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh Sid the Kid Crosby pulled out a 3-2 to two win against the Washington Capitals of John Gross's Caps, if you will. Of course, the Penguins were up 3 nothing after two periods and had to hang on for dear life late in the third period, 3-2. to two. But that's not the story here. The story is that defenseman Chris Letang, ladies and gentlemen, yes, folks, Chris Letang somehow didn't deliberately hurt any one of the Washington Capitals, but he kind of knocked one of the Washington Capitals on the ice. And as a result, earlier this afternoon, the NHL met with Latang here in Pittsburgh. And as a result, has told Latang and the Penguins he will be forced to sit out tomorrow night's Game 4. So, unfortunately, the Penguins will be down a defenseman tomorrow night for Game Number 4, as Chris Latang will be forced to sit for Game Number 4. But nevertheless, of course, the Penguins are hoping to take a commanding 3-1 to lead against the Caps, forcing the series back to Washington this Saturday night. Maybe go a chance to close out the series once and for all against the Eastern Conference champions, if you will, this Saturday night. Of course, this Saturday night, those two teams will be locking horns at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the Verizon Center in the nation's capital for game number five. Of course, the Reds, uh, I almost said the Redskins. I meant to say the Capitals are hoping to tie up the series at 2 all and uh, keep the series alive tomorrow night while the Penguins are hoping to make it 3-1. to one. Uh, Gerard, I don't know if you had a chance to see the highlights earlier today of last night's game, but uh, what is your take on this series between the Pens and the Caps? Yeah, I've seen some highlights. Uh, I thought it was a, a great game. Uh, mm-hmm. The Penguins are doing really good. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They're playing very, very good right now under first-year head coach uh, Mike Sullivan. Of course, Matt Murray, of course, was again a force behind the net last night, stopping 49 49 shots, just absolutely on his game. Holtby stopping, of course, 23 shots, however, but he did let three go in the net, however. Um, Of course, speaking of hockey, of course, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we understand right now the New York Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning are playing game three of their series right now as we speak, and that started just a little while ago. We will try to get an update on that later on tonight on Revolution and let you know what's going on there. Another thing that we want to talk about, however, is uh, basketball, if you will. I know a lot of people are talking about that big controversial finish last night in Oklahoma City between Oklahoma City and San Antonio. It was quite an interesting game, and... uh, Unique finish, if you will. I had a chance to go back and watch the replay of this earlier this afternoon however, on YouTube, however. Uh, Gerard, what was your take about the final seconds of that crazy wild ending between Oklahoma City and San Antonio last night? Damn, that was uh, a wild finish. And, uh, hmm? I like stuff like that. Right at the, like a buzzer beater. 
Yes, yes. And a lot of people say that Chris Webber, the former Michigan Wolverine and NBA superstar, was kind of a little out of bounds with his remarks, if you will. A lot of people felt that it was a very, very shaky finish, if you will. And, of course, the NBA, I'm sure, and uh, uh, the commissioner, Adam Silver, are going to take a look at that. I'm sure to discuss more what they got to do, unless they're not going to look at it. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it was very wild to see that finish go down last night, of course, as you know. And uh, that series is now, I believe, tied at one, going back to San Antonio. If you unless the series started in San Antonio, now they're going back to Oklahoma City. I'll have to double-check. But... Yeah, quite a finish there last night there in the NBA postseason. Of course, also last night, the Atlanta Hawks, of course, taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers and King LeBron James, if you will. Of course, it'll be interesting to see if the Cavs continue to dominate, as they've done all year long. Um, Speaking of uh, dominate, if you will, however, that is going to lead us into our wrestling segment now, the Raw show from last night in St. Louis, a very wild, crazy night there in the St. Louis area, the Lou, if you will, a great six-person tag main event, a good opener. Um, Overall, I thought it wasn't too bad of a show. Of course, I'll talk more about it later on tonight with my own uh, meltdown segment, if you will, as I like to call it. Uh, usually on Revolution. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about last night's show in the Lou? I didn't think it was too bad. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it did all right. Mm-hmm. And I did call the main event on Raw Radio, I just got to say. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I never, I never have before. So no, you have. You've called it. I think last week too. The last few weeks, you've been calling these matches pretty good. You've been uh, pretty good in the uh, booking department lately, compared to all of us. However, you've been uh, kicking some tail in that department. Yeah, um, you really have. Um, it was a very good match. I agree. Uh, one of the matches, obviously, that I kind of well, I wouldn't say it was a match, but one of the segments I kind of uh, obviously uh, did not like, of course was towards the tail end involving Charlotte and Natty, of course, although I'm glad Natty stuck it to Ric Flair once again by taking his ring and watch. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I did think that Charlotte running her mouth and saying, however, we screw Natty, however, and we, uh, that Natty tapped out was a bunch of bull hokey. I think it's going to be interesting what they do in a few weeks with those two. And now you have to have Ric Flair barred from ringside. It's about time, I've got to say. And I know MLD will say the same thing. Michelle Lindodds, of course, I'm referring to, who has been totally against this whole Flair-Charlotte thing from the very beginning, like I am as of late. I think it's about time that they finally told Flair to stand back and let Charlotte uh, basically do this on her own and not have her dad's balls in her purse, so to speak. I hope Natty somehow comes victorious this time and finds a way to pull off the upset at Extreme Rules in a few weeks. We'll have to wait and see. Of course, next week they will be in Omaha, Nebraska, as you know, and then Des Moines, Iowa for SmackDown a week from tonight in Seth Rollins' hometown, if you will. Of course, Seth is off busy filming a movie right now, and we understand that he is almost ready to return at some point. Of course, tonight, as we said, they are going to be in Kansas City. It should be a very, very interesting night there. The ribeye cap of the world, Casey Mizzou. Of course, in two weeks, they will be in Chad Hinshaw's backyard, if you will, Greensboro, North Carolina, right before Extreme Rules. And then, of course, two weeks from tonight, they will be in Greenville, South Carolina. So those are just some of the locations you can check out the WWE in action at a facility near you. All right, since we got about 10 minutes to kill, however, I'm trying to think what else could we discuss. Um, maybe we can uh, throw out a little bit about pay- – we did talk a little bit, quite a bit about payback yesterday, but, again, we're going to maybe uh, kind of dive into the big uh, 
elephant in the room, so to speak, the one that continues to be talked about all over social media, however, and that is the so-called supposed screw job that happened involving Natty uh, Sunday night there in Chicago, as well as Enzo Amore. Uh, we have not heard any updates as of today about Enzo, but uh, we understand, of course, uh, I believe from what I read somewhere just a little while ago, he was reportedly backstage last night in St. Louis at the arena, but they did not want to bring him out on TV, apparently just to make sure he was taking it easy and not overdoing it like he did the night before, however, when he somehow got his neck jacked up, if you wouldn't concuss. So I don't know if he'll be on SmackDown or even main event tonight. However, the tapings there in Kansas City, they're just going to keep him off again tonight as another precaution. Uh, but Gerard, uh, your thoughts uh, about uh, the new developments on Enzo, and if you have any updates on Enzo, please share with us uh, what you've heard. Uh, not, not at the moment I don't have anything on Enzo, but he does have to have, I think, an impact test before he does get cleared to wrestle again. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I haven't heard anything as of now, but maybe at 9 I'll, I might have something. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, <clears throat> when you're wrestling, you, you could get hurt like that easy. Um, hope he just takes it easy and uh, he'll get get back. Yep, certainly, certainly. And of course, as we said, folks, uh, hopefully he will uh, be back sometime before the week is out or early next week. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, uh, a lot of people uh, still talking about that very, very unfortunate uh, injury that happened to him there on Sunday night in Chicago. Of course, uh, speaking of tonight, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget at nine o'clock. Of course, as we mentioned, we will be talking about payback as well as Raw and Revolution one three eight zero five five pound. And on ESPN News tonight, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to check out the phenomenal one. Yes, folks, AJ Styles will be there tonight. However, as the guest of Jonathan, the coach, Coachman, as uh, AJ, I'm sure, will be talking about last night's big. A uh, match he had with his two friends, Gallows and Anderson, taking on the Usos and Roman Reigns in that big six-person tag. Um, the other thing, as we mentioned earlier, however, as I said, however, the other main elephant in the room that we have been talking about more and more however, as of late, however, seems to be obviously the whole Charlotte Natty thing. I know Chad weighed in with his thoughts yesterday. I know you did, too. Uh, what were your thoughts about last night's little uh, segment involving Charlotte and uh also, Flair, along with little Nate Charles Robinson, before Natty came out and uh, kind of uh, got up in Flair's face about what uh, Flair and uh, Natty, uh, Flair and Charlotte did. What was your take? Uh, I don't know. I think it's you know, your word. I think it's kind of hokey. All of it. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, well, all they're gonna do is screw over the hearts they have been for years. I think they're gonna keep doing it. I don't like. It's kind of kind of bad, like, like low on WWE's part, like Vince, is to keep screwing over Brett and Natty and anybody linked to the heart. <laughs> it seems like you, you'll get buried in your, like, a jobber. Um, Natty's way better than that. Natty's, like, a class act. Um, yes. And she's, like, a great athlete. Mm-hmm. She should be the, she should be the champ and mm-hmm. have a long run, but we know that's not going to happen, but I don't know why. Um, I thought Vince was over this, uh, you know, grudge the heart, but I don't think he'll ever be over it. I think he's going to no. stick it to anybody that's linked to the heart. And I just wanted to want, say one thing about the, they're not calling them 
the Bullet Club. They're just, well, I heard last night, they're just calling mm. them the club now. The club, yes, 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 you're right. That's right, he did say that, he did say that, you're right. Uh, I would have to agree with you about the whole Natty thing. I mean, the thing that just irks me, and I've talked, I've said this many times on all the shows, including Raw Radio, I mean, it just, I just don't understand. I mean, okay, I understand this was like 15, 20 years ago. You had uh, some irreconcilable differences, to use the term loosely, however, because of uh, the way everything went down, however. But then you come back, however, you kind of kiss and make up in a way. You let Brett come out with a couple videos of his own, however, and let Brett do his own thing by basically lending your your library to him and letting him uh, put any kind of thing out on DVD for the fans to watch, whether it's his own DVD, whether having a sit-down chat with JR and Shawn Michaels together in that two-hour conversation DVD that was a very unique DVD called Greatest Rivalries, or whether you come out with something of Owen Hart and uh, remembering Owen. And to just do this, however, and slap the Hart family in the face one more time again was degrading, was despicable, was deplorable. I mean, that just goes to show that Vince is not with the times anymore. And I hope that maybe somewhere, somehow down the road, Stephanie and Hunter, as well as Shane, maybe if not just maybe Stephanie and Hunter, can try to reason with Brett and say, oh, we're sorry for what my father did or my father-in-law did however, all these years too. Maybe we can uh, start fresh and anew and maybe we can try to uh, just find a way to not continue to downplay your family on television. You know, I mean, yeah, for a while... Brett was a little miffed with Hunter. That's understandable because of what happened in Montreal. But after all, I think he kind of forgave him in a way, although it took a little longer for him to forgive Sean. But as far as Stephanie, I don't think he's ever had a problem with Stephanie in the times that they've been on camera, except maybe once or twice. So that's just my opinion. I think it's time for Vince to just finally get out of the company, even though he's been around the company forever and a day, and it seems like it's been forever and a day because he's been around since the 70s. But I think it's time for Vince, after 40-plus years, to say, you know what, it's time for me to go. Let my kids run the show, however, and I'll just watch my kids and grandkids uh, be the next generation. Because right now, I just continue to be this big, chauvinistic, arrogant, pompous ass, however, that not only embarrasses the Hart family name and the fans at times, however, I'm just acting like the biggest jerk-off in the company by uh, just absolutely doing these things, however, to the Hart family and just making them... Uh, hate me more and more, and the fans hate me more and more. And that's understandable, because I think the fans are tired of hearing Montreal over and over again. Yes, it's still one of the most unique, if not one of the most controversial moments in history, without question. But at the end of the day, however, I think it's just time to let bygones be bygones. And I thought for a while that was the case until this all happened on Sunday. And I hope, however, they can try to fix this before it's too late. You never know. But right now, it just seems like how our that may not be fixed anytime soon, considering what had happened on Sunday. We'll have to wait and see, like you said, obviously in a few weeks at Extreme Rules. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave you for the night. However, we want to thank you for listening to us. I want to thank my partner again, Gerard T. Smith, of course, for coming in tonight, one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. We also want to thank you, the fans, for listening. We're here each and every week on TalkShoe.com. Next week, don't forget, as I said, episode 25. Of course, tonight we will be on with Revolution here in just a little bit. Of course, Gerard and I will be giving you the news here in just a little bit. Of course, John will have the birthdays and histories. Of course, John Gross, I'm referring to the human suplex machine. We'll also be talking about payback, and also we'll also talk about last night's Raw, of course, with the rest of our panel, whoever comes on the show, whether it be Beg, Bad, Bob Ziggler, Mr. Hulkamania, the last kicker, Emery Reckenbach, the lowdown man himself, Kendrick Smith, the big IQ, Jeff Teeters, the JML Experience, or Ronda Rush Wright, 
whoever swings by. And as I said earlier, ladies and gentlemen, as Gerard was out a little bit ago, I'm going to plug one more time again. Do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday night, 9 o'clock yeah. Eastern Standard Time. What's that, Gerard? Oh, no, sir. Okay. But uh, Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday night, however, celebrate with us the one-year anniversary of TalkShoe, however, in a big way. Is we are going to have a big New Year's party, however, in style in early May, if you will, as we will be celebrating with the great, the not-so-great moments and the unusual moments of the year. And we will reflect upon with you how are our thoughts, how are, and that should be a great show coming up this Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, and that will begin at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Revolution. Of course, Thursday night, 138521 will be on Wolfpack Radio. Saturday night, of course, you can listen to Gerard and Michelle, 138982 with Attitude Radio, rated R. Of course, this week they'll be talking, I'm sure, about Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Give you a plug for Raw Radio, what will be upcoming this Monday, next Monday. And also weigh in with their payback thoughts as well. And, of course, you can listen to all these shows, how are on TalkShoe.com. And we have already given you the numbers, 138055, 138982, 138744, 139925, which, by the way, of course, is, of course, another one of our numbers for the big wrestling debate show again tomorrow night. Join Gerard, myself, and the Black Widow, Miss Madness herself, Michelle Lindodds, beginning at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, ladies and gentlemen, as we will take you back. Once again, to another great debate, of course, a few weeks ago, we started off by talking about the Monday Night War. Of course, this week, we will be wrapping up the Monday Night War from 1999 through 2001. We will be weighing in with our thoughts about what really was the turning point of the Monday Night War, especially in the late 90s into the 2000s, if you will, that saw a lot of things become, well, let's just say, good, bad, and ugly, if you will, in the world of wrestling. And of course, that'll be coming up tomorrow night as Gerard, myself, and Miss Madness herself, the Black Widow herself, will be kicking around the debate table. And if not, we'll be definitely talking about it very soon. But I think that's what we'll be discussing on the debate table tomorrow night. So, having said that, that is all the time we got for right now. Again, we want to thank you for listening in tonight, of course. Don't forget, we'll be back with our Silver Anniversary Show, Episode 25, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, number 25 in the books next week, however. And that'll begin at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Who knows what we got up on the table, and who knows who will be stopping besides Gerard and myself. We might have a couple more guests swing by. Maybe the Big Diesel, Gregory Kramer, will swing by, and possibly the lowdown man himself, Kendrick Smith. You never know with him, those two, if they'll swing by. Otherwise, it'll just be me and Gerard here at the table. So for now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Iceman along with His Highness GTS, Gerard T. Smith, Captain Unicorn, Captain Beer, everything in between, saying so long from ringside. We will talk to you again in a little while. Thank you for listening tonight. Have a great night, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.